All right, so I want to talk this morning. We've been talking about fivefold ministry. I want to talk about coming into the land. And one of the things that tries to block advancement into the land and also, you know, the fivefold ministry um, is the idea of a spirit of control. Okay, spirit of control. Now, one of the manifestations in the Bible of a spirit of control is in a, a, a king's wife, and her name was Jezebel. Probably all heard. Because you, you grew up in the South, you heard women, oh, that Jezebel, talking about some woman, right? They, they probably never even knew what Jezebel did. They just calling somebody a Jezebel, right? So I wanted, I wanted to touch on this today because it can be kind of interesting, and it can be kind of bad if you're not careful. But um, let's set a few ground rules. First of all, the person is not the Jezebel. Okay? The person is not the Jezebel. Most of the time, the person has no idea what's going on, right? Jezebel is a spirit of control, right, and rebellion that comes into a person, causing them to act a certain way. They think they're doing right most of the time. I mean, you can just tell by the examples given in Scripture, right? So, but the reason Jezebel can hinder um, us, the body of Christ, is that's her job. Now, I'm calling her a her because the example primarily is female. It does not mean that every Jezebel is a female because it's a spirit. It doesn't have male or female, right? So it'll, she, Jezebel, will inhabit anybody she can. But she chooses targets because there are certain characteristics that she needs to be successful, right? And when I say she, remember, I'm not talking about a person. Although the spirit will inhabit a person, we're talking about the spirit itself, right? So, but I, I don't know what else to call it. I keep referring to it as a she. I'm talking about the spirit of Jezebel, okay? All right. So, let's, let's set some things up. First of all, you should know that it speaks about Jezebel in Kings and Chronicles. But 1 Kings 18.4, it tells us something very interesting about Jezebel or the spirit that in, was inhabiting Jezebel at the time. And in 1 Kings 18.4, it says, She massacred the prophets of the Lord. She massacred the prophets of the Lord. In 1 Kings 18, on further down, in like verse 13, it says, She killed the prophets of the Lord. This is what Jezebel wants to do. Okay? That makes sense? You understand why that could be bad? What's, what does she want to do? Yeah, she tries to replace the proclaimers of the word. Okay, and, well, first of all, she tries to kill God's true prophets. Also, when you read about Jezebel, the other thing she did was appoint her own prophets. Okay, so not only are you trying to replace God's true prophets, now you're trying to set up your own religion and put false prophets in their place. I don't want to tell you how to think this morning. All right? I believe if you're born again, you have the Spirit of God. But I do want to share a few things with you. Very dangerous in church, the way sometimes we call ministers. 
We have to be super careful. Not we, because we don't do this. But in general, when we are calling ministers that we have not set up our own church, bypass the true prophets and have created our own. Now, a little, maybe some history that might help. I want you to understand there can be no Jezebel without a king that allows her. Okay, this is the thing. She's characterized as female for a reason, not just because the person that carried her in the largest example happened to be a human female. Does that make sense? Although that's true, she's also characterized in Revelation as that woman. Now, it says woman. Understand, the key thing about Jezebel is not that she's a woman. That's often mistranslated and misunderstood. The word is just as powerfully used, wife. Jezebel is a wife. Now, you do have to be a female to be a wife of a husband. I get that. But the key thing is that she is a wife spiritually. Please. Why is that important? Okay, I'm sorry. Right. But the reason, and that's true, the reason she's characterized as a woman is because she doesn't have leadership authority. The wife. In the home, in the family, in the marriage, as first created by Father God, who had leadership authority? The male. Right. She is characterized as the wife. It's showing us something. Okay? So, just bear that in mind as we go through it. The other thing I would like to say, many times people will not recognize Jezebel, the spirit, and many times they even defend Jezebel, the spirit, without realizing it because they don't realize that she doesn't necessarily kill her host. Okay? They look at a situation in the natural and they say, well, I understand that this is going on and this person may be controlling and whatnot, but they're not actually hurting their husband, let's say. They're actually doing it on his, for his behalf, right? So they'll actually end up defending Jezebel. Understand, that's what she did. She didn't try to kill Ahab, her husband. She helped him. Now, she helped him do things that weren't God's will. But in the natural, if you looked at it, she was just helping him. Right? So if you discern only by the natural, you would come to the aid of Jezebel. In the church today, you would come to her aid. You wouldn't see it for what it is. That's a very big risk for people, is it not discerning spiritually the difference between the person and the spirit. They will often come to the aid of Jezebel. Okay? So stay with me for a minute. I don't know if I've said it yet because I don't remember exactly how far I went, but what's her husband's name? Ahab. Okay. What's, what's important about Ahab? He's a king. Why does she not kill her host? Who's her host? The king. 
Because for her to fulfill her mission, she has no authority as a wife. Only the husband or the king can make rules. So how does she plan to get that done? How does she operate? Right. She seduces the husband to get, let her be an authority. Right? Remember, I'm not just talking about a marriage here, folks. Okay? See, if you're thinking about two people sitting down at the dinner table, yes. But we're talking about the larger issue here of what this spirit tries to accomplish. And if you don't think that's the one we really ought to focus on, read it in Revelation. <laughs> Revelation, the end of chapter 1 coming in chapter 2. One of the churches has a problem. And Jesus tells the messenger to the church, he says, I have something against you that you tolerate Jezebel. You tolerate. Because you can't tolerate something that seeks to destroy God's church. But he's speaking to churches and saying, you tolerate Jezebel. You're playing around with this thing that wants to murder my church. You're tolerating this thing and being nice to this thing that's trying to destroy my will. And why would the church tolerate it? Again, because in the natural, it doesn't seem that bad. It actually seems like it could be okay, right? And so in the natural, well, why would we want to be mean to anybody or call anybody out, right? When in fact the spirit operating in that person seeks to destroy the church itself. And that's the only reason it comes. That's the only reason. Jezebel wasn't trying to kill Ahab, folks. Jezebel was trying to destroy Israel and their worship of the one true God. There was, make no bones about it. When she killed the prophet, she killed the voice of God to the people. When she replaced the prophets and convinced her husband to build new high places and new places to sacrifice, she literally created a different religion than the one the God of heaven had instituted. She had to have her husband's authority to do it. So she seduced him into allowing her to do these things. Right? How do we know, you and I, that many churches have not done the same thing? How do we know, you and I, that many denominations have not done the same thing? Left the will of the God of heaven and in look and guise of the same thing, created their own way, their own high places, their own priests, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. How do we know? How do we know? If we don't pay really close attention to Scripture, we won't. Right? And I would say it's likely in many places that on some level those things have been done. <laughs> that makes sense? So let's keep looking at this and see what we can find. I want you to, um, again, Jezebel wasn't trying to kill her husband, her host. She needed his authority. To kill him would have, would have been to do herself in. 
she wouldn't have been able to complete her mission. Right? So she's not going to look like she's out to get the person who's submissive to her. That makes sense? So it's going to take more than a natural discernment to see what's going on. Amen? Okay. So we, we just want to, I want to make sure we, that I hit these things that, are, that I'm supposed to as best I can. Um, she's prevalent in men and women, but characterized as a woman. We hit all that. Um, now, I want to show you Jezebel, the spirit, before she inhabited the person, the female, Jezebel. Now, remember, Ahab married Jezebel on purpose for political gain. He knew she wasn't a, what we would call Christian. She wasn't from Israel. Her father was a priest of Baal. He should have known better. He should have known better. So what can we say? Should a Christian marry a Christian? That's an easy question. Should a Christian marry a Christian? Yes. All the time. Should you date a Christian? Yes. All the time. Should your parents tell you to? Yes. Should they ride you if you don't? Yes. Should they get on to you if you're marrying somebody that's not a Christian? Yes. If you're going to call yourself a Christian, you should be yoked only with a Christian. Now, unfortunately, you don't hear these things in church people out in the regular, you know, in the city, just walking around and doing whatever day in and out. Many times you don't. And many times you don't hear pa parents getting on to people who are clearly dating people that may be Christian in name only. But I want you to know the truth is with God, he says don't be yoked to anybody else. Don't get into any kind of serious commitment with somebody that doesn't believe like you do. So, yes, that was wrong to start with. It's still wrong today. God's will has not changed. He saves through grace today and not the law, but the law is still his will, okay? You don't marry or get yoked to somebody who's not a serious Christian if you are. Amen? Okay. I make sure. You tend to make people mad when you say these things, but guess what? It'll save them a lot of heartache if they can remember somebody said it to them at some point. Right? It also saved me a lot of heartache when I get up there and he says, why didn't you tell the people the truth? So, um, Jezebel is about control and she's the spirit of rebellion. Okay? That's kind of how you can characterize her. I don't want to characterize her as Jezebel per se. We have to call her something. It's what scripture's done. But Jezebel was just a woman's name. It wasn't the actual spirit itself, right? Does that make sense? And a spirit can indwell many people. How many of you have the Holy Spirit? I would say you walk out in the world, just as many can have Jezebel in the same size group. <laughs> we tend not to think like that, but it's true. And in different, different levels, okay? But I'd like to, to, to take a moment, and, and just to show you how powerful this is, I, um, I want to read you something out of, uh, I think it's in Second Chronicles. I'm just going to paraphrase it. There was a king named Jehoram, and it says, it's interesting, it says that he was king of Judah. It says he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. You would think that'd be good, but it's not. It's a, it's a derogatory term. He walked in the way of the kings of Israel, just like Ahab did. Ahab was Jezebel's husband. Okay? 
He walked in the same way as Ahab. You know what the Bible's commentary, and, and it's weird that he did. Let me say this. It's weird that he walked in the way of, let's say, the kings of the Israel like Ahab, who was Jezebel's husband, right? It's weird that he would because his dad was good. His dad was a great king. So why would the son of a great king not walk in the way of his own father, which was to keep the will of God? Why would he not? You know what the Bible's commentary on that is? To show you how destructive Jezebel is, I'll read the rest. He walked in the way of the kings of Israel, just like Ahab, who was the most evil king ever to this point. Okay? Because, or for he had married, or he had the daughter of Jezebel as a wife. Now, his dad was a good king that followed God. He should have been like his dad, but he didn't. He walked in the way of the evil kings of Israel. Why? Because he had the daughter of Jezebel as a wife. What spirit do you think the daughter of Jezebel had? Same spirit as mama. Do you see how powerful that spirit is? It's enough to make somebody not follow in the way of their father. How do you not, how can you resist being seduced by Jezebel? I mean, you personally, how can you? Yeah, follow the will of God. And when somebody suggests you don't, don't play around with it. Call them out and eh, you got to go. You got to go. I can't deal with that. No. You have everything you need to know in the word of God. And when somebody seduces you to go away in a direction that's not the direction of God, you immediately, you don't think about it. You don't consider it. It sounds good. But the answer is no. Does that make sense? The answer is no. That's how the church can stay pure from the effects of false worship and being divided and leaving God and thinking we're still worshiping. Because by the way, the whole time Israel thought they were still worshiping God. The congregation of Israel thought they were still worshiping God. They, were, they, had, they had false prophets were still doing. They still had church on Sunday. They were still doing the sacrifices. They still had preachers. They still had prophets. They still gave tithes and offerings. They were just giving them to some other, some devil instead of God. Because they've been led astray. All those people that came through those years were being led down the wrong road the whole time. Um, so if you want to see Jezebel, where would the first place you have a potential to see her be? Well, if you started turning to the left in the book to get back to the first place, where would be the first place you'd have the potential to see the spirit of Jezebel? Thank you. You could have said Adam, but she was more, she was more accurate because she's a female. Eve. You will see Jezebel in Eve if you look. Not Jezebel the woman, but Jezebel the spirit. You will see it in Eve, okay? And you actually know that Jezebel resided in Eve because of what we have written in Genesis 3. I believe it's in Genesis 3. I'm going to look real quick. 
I want to show you this before we get into it. Genesis 3, 16. To the woman, God said, to the wife. I want to say this. It keeps saying woman, it's wife. Eve was not, the, the problem was not that Eve was female. The problem that Eve was that Eve was wife. You understand? So try to bear this in mind. We're going to read it, and the translators have usually used the word woman. Okay, but I will give you this example. No woman is under the authority of a man. You read, you read where they translated what Apostle Paul wrote in Timothy, and it says woman over and over and over. No woman is under the authority of a man. A woman is an, an entity, a person created by God. They have a soul. They have the right to be born again. They have a relationship on their own with God. Amen? So it's not that they're under the authority. If some man's walking across the street, he can't say, woman, do this. And God says, oh, you got to go do it. That's not true. The authority exists in the union of marriage as wife and husband. Right? So understand that I'm telling you the truth when I say the woman is not it. It's wife. If the union exists, then yes, there is authority with the husband as far as leadership. Does that make sense? It only exists in that union. Nobody's child that's not married, that's a female, is supposed to go around and just do what any man tells her to do. That's ludicrous. So don't think of it that way, right? Amen? Okay. Not that, I'm not talking about godly submission now to each other, whether you're male or female. I'm not saying that, right? But so in the, in the covenant of marriage where there is a husband and there is a wife, the husband would have a grace from God to lead, okay? The wife has a grace from God to assist him in that vision, i.e. called a help meet, which you can read about in Genesis where it says, it's not good the man to be alone. I'll create somebody to help him. Help him do what? Carry out the vision he's given by God, right? Come together and carry out the vision, right? How many of you know not everybody's a CEO of a company? No, you need lots of help meets to get the vision of the company to come to fruition. Am I right? If everybody had their own vision, the company would be going nowhere. We think that we designed this stuff like people did. I'm telling you, we didn't. God did. <laughs> he came up with this. All right? It works. And the reason it works is because it was his plan. Right? Okay. So, look at this with me, if you will, in Genesis 3, 16. Because they had fallen, he's speaking to Adam and his wife and even the serpent. And he's telling them what's going to happen as a result of the fall, right? This way he says, To the woman, he said, I'll greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you'll bring forth children. Now, look at the last part there. Your desire for your husband. Your desire shall be towards your husband. People read this and they tend to think it's intimate desire. It is not. Okay? I can prove that. You can ask any woman. You can ask any wife. <laughs> I can prove that, right? If you got sense, you know that, right? All right, so what does that mean? Your desire shall be 
for your husband's office to be leader. Because you've fallen, you're not going to be happy in the role you were designed with from God. Amen? When they ate from the wrong tree, whose, whose nature did they get? Help me out here, folks. You know this stuff. Whose nature did they get? They had the nature of God in them. When they fell, whose children did they become? The enemy. Right. The enemy. And what's his nature? What did he do? He tried to take the role of God. He was not happy with his station in his office. He tried to take another one. He was covetous. That's why greed, covetousness, idolatry, all those things are always mentioned. Rebellion in the beginning as the worst sins because that's the sin that got the enemy kicked out of heaven. And that's the sin that every child of his by nature has this number one in them. They cannot be happy with who they are as created and their gifts and talents by God. They're always coveting what somebody else has. Always trying to reach across and take what God created somebody else's portion. And I would go on to say, and you can test this in your life, that's why you have ultra greedy, ultra rich people on the face of the earth that probably have another hundred thousand of, of the earthlings people possessions in their possession and they won't freely share because it's the nature of Satan. It's the nature of the fall to want what somebody else has. It's not the nature of a fallen man to trust God for your portion and freely give up everything else to the people that it belongs to. Does that make sense? So you can see it in the natural, but we don't discern it in the natural. We discern it in the spirit. Okay, so your desire shall be for your husband. And then you see this little critical thing after it. And he shall rule over you. Now, it doesn't mean he always will. What it means is he's going to have to to keep his position. Does that make sense? Although it was never said the husband will rule over his wife before the fall. You realize that? You understand that? They each had a job. They would peacefully coexist, each doing their job. Both of them blessed. Both of them loved equally by God. Both of them blessed equally by God, each doing their, their own portion, and everything would have been fine. And at the fall now, you see there's going to be this contention, and she's going to desire the office of her husband, and he's going to have to rule to be able to keep what he's supposed to do. Amen. Now, did we just see that? In experience in chapter 2. We're now in chapter 3. Did we just see that? We did, didn't we? Now let's look at where we saw it and how we saw it. Okay. If you will, I want, I, want to, I, want to, I want to just say a few things now so we understand where we are. How many of you know Adam was the preacher? Okay, Adam was the preacher. How do you know? Because his son Abel was killed. He was the preacher. He was the shepherd, right? And when he was killed, God gave a replacement to Eve that was also a preacher. And what was his name? Seth. That's how you know. Because Abel was a follower of God. He had the word. He understood it and he kept it. That's why he was blessed. Now his brother could have been blessed too if he had done what he was supposed to do. But instead he was jealous of the office, Jezebel, 
of his brother's office. So he killed his brother because he thought the blessing was in the office instead of obedience to God where you are. Right? Make sense? So then Adam and Eve came together again, had another son. His name's Seth. And in the days of Seth, what does the Bible record? Men begin to call on the name of the Lord. Why is that? That's not just a coincidence because the word was going forth. Right? So Adam was the guy who had the word. You realize that? How did Eve get the word? How did Eve get the word? She got it from Adam. Does that make sense? So what does that mean? She had to trust Adam. And the natural, in a fallen condition, that in your mind, that puts you in a weak state. Because you're having to trust somebody else. And what do we tend to do? Tend to want to fight against that. Right? That's what people do. Tend to want to fight against being put in a weak position, having to trust somebody. Does that make sense? Come on, y'all nod your head. Y'all know you don't want to trust nobody else. You want to be self-sufficient, right? You don't want to depend on anybody else. That's not godly. That's manly. That's natural. That's carnal, right? Come on. But it's true. It's true. So, many people will say, well, you know, Adam and Eve, they both got the Word of God. No, they didn't. Adam got the Word of God. Eve was not even alive when the, when the Word was delivered to Adam. She didn't even exist. You realize that? Genesis 2-7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Verse 8, then the Lord planted a garden. You with me? River went out of the garden. Verse 11, it tells you the name of the rivers all down to verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man. Eve didn't exist yet. You with me? The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to tend and keep it. Who got the word of what man's purpose on earth was? Adam, Eve hadn't, hadn't even, she hadn't even been created yet. So it is beyond question that the one that had the idea of what their purpose was, was Adam. Could not have been Eve. She never heard it. Does that make sense? Hello? Okay. So... The Lord God took the man, verse 15, put him in the garden to tend and keep it. Who was to tend and keep the garden? Who was primarily in charge of guarding the Garden of Eden? Thank you. Now, who would have been there to help him carry out the mission of guarding and tending the Garden of Eden? Thank you. Don't lose hold of that. It's all written right here. It's all written right here for us to learn from. It's not just coincidence, right? Okay. And it says, the Lord God commanded the man. Again, Eve's not created. So who's he commanding? Adam, right. Okay. The Lord God commanded the man of every tree in the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge, tree of, knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall surely die. We tend to take all that and extrapolate it to Eve. 
On some level, that's true. But on the purest level, not true. He said it all to the man. Eve did not exist. He said it all to Adam. Eve did not exist. Can you hear me? He said it all to Adam. Eve did not exist. Why do we think that when Eve ate, everybody fell? It's not true. That was never spoken to Eve. Now, have you ever considered this? If you haven't, you really should. If Adam had stood in his office and done what he was called to do when Eve ate, he could have made intercession for her. And mankind would not have fallen. But because Eve had a spirit, a powerful spirit, seducing spirit, called Jezebel later in the Bible, she seduced him into falling with her instead of standing in the office he was called to do, guarding the garden, guarding the way of life, and saying, no. Can you hear that word? No. That's what Elijah ended up telling Jezebel. No. She didn't like it. She railed against it. But he told God anointed him. Amen? Does that make sense? Again, we're not talking about people per se. We're talking about a spirit that we have to treat that way. A spirit we have to treat that way. Okay? Nothing against Eve. Great lady. Does it make sense? Got to see that now. Because Eve thought she was doing something good. She thought she was doing something good. Okay, let's look at it. So we can't get against people. We have to see it for what it is. Remember, we're not called to call fire down on people. That's not our way. That was the only way in the Old Testament because God worked from the outside in and the bad spirit worked from the inside out. So you had to deal with people as they were. But now we can speak, since we have the name of Jesus and the Spirit of God, we can war directly against spirits and we don't have to deal with the people. They can be redeemed. That's the beauty of the New Testament versus the Old. Right? So anytime we get caught up thinking we're dealing with people, we're, 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 we're degrading back down into the natural, which is not where we're called to war. The church of Christ doesn't war in the natural. We don't hate the person in the natural. But you better believe we hate the enemy in the spirit. Right? We war against that. Okay. So um, where should we go? Let's look. Um, the tree, we're still in verse 17 then. The tree of knowledge you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you'll surely die. And we had said that that was actually said to Adam. And the Lord God said, it's not good. Now this is where it starts changing. Remember, he's still been alone up to this point. It's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper. Not somebody that he'll have to rule over. Somebody comparable to him. Not somebody he would have to rule over. I will make him a helper comparable to him. They'll have different jobs, but they'll be equal in the sight of God. They'll have different offices, but both same importance, equally important, and equally blessed by God. Right? Amen. So until the fall, that was evident. Okay? All right. I feel like I should say this. 
This is why you have such a, a presence in the media telling women that motherhood is not as noble and that work is and that leadership in government and other things are and that being a stay-at-home or whatever is not as noble. It's that spirit that's trying to woo females from the call of God into the call of Jezebel. All right, that's all it is. That's all it is. You have to see it for what it is, right? And it's out there on the radio, it's on TV, it's on the internet, day and night, broadcasting this frequency. You won't be valued unless you do a man's job. You won't be valued unless you're paid the same amount as a man, or a husband particularly, right? You won't be valued unless you're the breadwinner and the husband's doing this, which really doesn't matter either way, right? Because that wouldn't affect the office God gives, no matter what. But again, it's trying to twist and confuse all these ideas so that we don't have light, we don't know our purpose, and we don't know what we're really called to. And when that happens, there's confusion. And confused is not a God. You can't follow God being confused, right? So you mess up the church. Even if the people are saved, they still can't get where God wants them to go. So see, that's Satan's idea. Well, if I can't, I, I might not can stop him from being saved, but I can stop him from being a success for God, right? And if you don't think that's true, read the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel and Judah. Because many of them did some good things, but in the end, they still got sidetracked and didn't complete the mission. So if you don't think that's a true thing and you think all it is about is getting saved and having a little star in heaven because you said yes, you haven't read enough of what's really going on, right? There's a call to an individual, and there's a call to a body, and there's a call to the overall church. And all of it is a call to success in terms of ministry, in terms of bringing people into the kingdom. Not just that I get saved, but that I yield to the call of God so that others would. Right? Amen? Okay. So, and then we're dealing now with Eve coming on the scene in verse 19, Genesis 2. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field, blah, 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 blah. Adam named them all. But Adam found that none of them were comparable, quite honestly. God said, whatever you call them is what they'll be. You understand the power he gave to the man? Amen. I'm going to create this thing, and I'm going to make it out of dirt, and it'll be alive. But it's going to become what you call it. You think your words are important? If I speak bad things over myself, my family, even if it's an accident, I need, I need to get before God, repent that junk, and throw that stuff down, don't I? Because if Adam's word, Adam, just a man made from dirt, right? If his words were so powerful that God created something, he said, that's cattle. That'll walk around and eat grass. And it'll do this, it'll do that. And it did. And then God made all these things, and Adam, kept, Adam wouldn't say, that's not it. That's a goat, but that's not it. That's an elephant, but that's not it. And it says, God finally said, well, okay. He has his own ideas of what this is, right? Apparently, it needs to be something like him. Now, you know God knew this, but God was allowing it to happen through men because what's the deal in Genesis? If you remember, what's the deal? Let man reign. 
right? Have dominion. And you don't have dominion if God is filling the earth the way he wants to, do you? So please see that teaching and see it in truth. If you have trouble with it, because religion has taught us that's not true. Religion has taught us we're God meant, we're, we're gnats before God. We mean nothing. He just decided to save us, you know, whatever. And it's simply not what the Bible portrays. It's not what scripture gives us. And if you believe like that, you'll think your words don't matter. You'll think your life has no meaning. It's you're just cosmically bumping around until the day you get to go to heaven. And what you do really doesn't matter. And You know, come on. Let's don't live like that. We need to follow God, right? So Adam gave names in verse 20 to all the cattle, every beast. But look at this. But to Adam... There was not found a helper comparable to him. To Adam. It was up to Adam because he was in dominion. He said, I hadn't seen anything I want to get married to yet. Seriously. She going to look good if I'm marrying her. Now, don't say that the wrong way, but you know what a man was probably thinking, right? And so God honoring that what does he do god caused a deep sleep to fall on him he slept god took a part of him we don't have time to go into the profoundness of this but understand something god did not create another man god had already created man he took from the man he had created in his own image. Does that make sense? When you've done it right, you don't go back to the drawing board and make another. You take from the one you did right and you, you set it over here and you say, all right, here it is. Does that make sense? So we really know there are no mistakes. We really know that every child from the line of Adam was really created in the image of God because Eve came from the image of Adam, which is the image of God. And we all came from the image of Adam and Eve, which was the image of God before the fall, right? So we're pretty much important. And the world wants you to think again that we're in this huge cosmic thing and people are just tiny and insignificant and that good grief, half the world wants you to think animals are more important than you are. And I'm not trying to be rude to the animals because they're under us and we're called to love them and take care of them. But the point is to God, the apple of his eye is a person period. The whole cosmos was created so that a person, people, God's children would have dominion over it. Not that they'd be small in insignificance and pale in the largeness of it. Okay? And you're seeing all this, I hope. I hope you're seeing this right now. Not that I'm trying to build up your personal worth, but I want you to understand, I'm trying to build up what God said about you so it matters to you. <laughs> Because your worth in his eyes is a lot, right? All right, so, and it, it goes on to say, he had taken the part or the rib from the man of verse 22, and he made it into a woman and brought her to Adam. Last time God's doing something else in terms of creating flesh, right? You see it? Verse 23. Adam still had to name her, folks. It's the last thing God's going to make him bring to him for a name. And what does it say? God brought 
this female, the woman, and Adam spoke. Now you got it right. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> right? He looked at her and he said, This is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she came from me. He was happy. He was astounded. That's why in 1 Corinthians 11, if you read it, it says, yes, the, he- the husband's the head of the wife, but it also says, but understand, the husband's the glory of God, but the wife is the glory of the man. In other words, the, the beautifulness, as, as pretty as mankind can get, okay, is female. The glory of mankind was female. Does that make sense? So guys, understand this. You're not called to be seduced by the beauty of a woman. You're called to honor it and realize it was God at his very best honoring you. Okay? So we need to look at it from a purity standpoint and recognize it. Don't lust after it. Because then you're, that's idolatry. The woman was created to be beautiful to one man as a wife. But if you go just lusting after everything you see that's pretty, that's idolatry. You can't be serving God and, and idolizing what, the creation instead of the creator. Right? So just see that, you know. And a man has to understand it's enough from God that he created a, a female for you. And so does the wife, right? Amen. So, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother. Remember, this is not talking about her being a woman, although she is female. This is talking about wife. This is all marriage covenant stuff. That's why I said it applies to Jezebel applies as wife also because it's all marriage covenant stuff. A man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they'll become one flesh. Yeah, serious. Now, of course, that applies to Christ and the church. But for our purposes, we're not going to get into that just yet. Okay, or we may not at all. So, Then you go to verse 3, I mean chapter 3, and I want you to see this because we need to speed up a little bit. Some of this needed to be done, but a lot of you knew a lot of this already. So, um, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And the serpent said to the woman, I'll stop there for just a second. Are you reading that? I don't know why I was doing that. Um, Chapter 3, the serpent said to the woman, do you see that? Why? Why say it to Eve? Think about this with me, if you will. Just consider this. If you're going to cause division, you don't go to the head. You go to the second in charge. And what's going to be your plan? Satan always uses the same plan of attack. He's going to go to the second in charge and say, hey, you could be the first, you know. You're just as good as they are. Isn't he? That's what he's going to do every time. So why does Satan have to come to her first? And why does he have to get her to think that somehow she's less? She's impervious to a spirit called Jezebel. Jezebel can't come into her without her permission. Does that make sense? She has somehow 
to open a door for the Spirit to have permission to indwell her. And the way to do it is to get her to covet. If we, that's why the Lord speaks so heavily against idolatry and covetousness and greed. Because it's not that He's mad at us when we do it. He's hurt when we do it. But it's that we open doors for spirits to come into us that cause us to be less than what we were and cause us to act in a way that's against the will of God. And they need our permission to come in. And we license them when we do those things. When you covet something else, you realize you shake your hand at God and say, what you gave me is not enough. And in that moment, and I'll just say it to be honest, in sin, we allow a spirit to come into us that promises to fulfill that need. Does that make sense? So you understand why God's against covetousness. It's not because he's mad because you want a white Cadillac instead of a black one. Right? It's that it's dangerous because the spirit that comes in wars against his will and purpose. It's not so much about us. We tend to think it's about us, right? So when, when the serpent came to Eve, it wasn't so much about Eve. It's, hey, we'll get Adam because we got to get to Adam. How do we get to Adam? Through Eve, right? And we don't really necessarily want to get Adam, although we hate him. What's the worst? What do we really want to do? We want to derail all of mankind so they can't have dominion. See, there's always a bigger plan. <laughs> Just like with Jezebel. Jezebel didn't necessarily want to kill Ahab. She didn't want to be mean to Ahab. She, she did good. She was his wife. But she was trying to derail God's church. She was trying to derail Jerusalem, trying to derail Israel, trying to derail Judah. Why? Because Jesus was going to come out of Judah. And if you could get Judah to quit teaching the law and not be faithful to the law, you can't have a Jesus. You can't have a Jesus that knows the law if there's no law when he comes along, folks. You can't have a Savior that can keep the law if nobody's teaching the law when he's born. It's always bigger than us. So see, as I said, a lot of people would defend Jezebel. Oh, well, she doesn't mean anything by it. It's all good. I mean, she's just trying to be nice. She just doesn't understand. But you don't understand. No, it's you that doesn't understand. The spirit behind her is not trying to do any of those things. The natural person may be, but the spirit's trying to derail the very will of God. Murder the prophets. And replace the real church with a fake one. Right? That'll stop some promotion. I'll stop the church from going forward, wouldn't it? And the sad thing is, they'll think they are. Because they're still having church on Sunday. They're still singing. Somebody's still preaching something. And what do we tell them? Well, we'll say something like, yeah, God doesn't really do miracles anymore. God doesn't really do this anymore. He don't really speak to people anymore. You know, it just, what do they do? They'll just say, it's just not like that anymore. Isn't that what you would say if you took something fake and replaced the real with it and you didn't have the stuff that went on in the real? You just start making excuses for why it didn't happen anymore. You got to be careful. 
When people start saying the very God we serve doesn't happen anymore, whoo, that's scary. That's scary. The things that make Him God, that make Him unique, that make Him stand out, His glory, and you're going to say He doesn't do that anymore? Okay. I'm saying no, I'm walking off. <laughs> Alone if I have to. Alone if I have to. <laughs> you know? Suggestion. So, Satan has to come to her and offer her an opportunity to allow Jezebel or the spirit to come into her. It can't just come over her. She's a child of God. She's impervious to this stuff. Something's got to happen so that she gives permission. That's what? God entrusted Adam with the word, right? We know that. We already talked about it. Don't you think she wants to bring something good to the relationship too if she thinks she's not? If she thinks somehow, if, 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 if the devil's words got into her ear a little bit, and has God really said you shouldn't eat from that tree? Now, she wasn't there. Come on. She wasn't there. How you know Adam's not just telling you that? How you know Adam's just not trying to just put you under him? Everybody in here is familiar with that. You've heard that voice telling you that. Everybody in here is familiar with that. Come on. Korah. Remember the rebellion of Korah? Moses, you take too much on yourself. It's that same voice. It's that same voice. Rebellion and control. <laughs> you with me? Satan ain't got but one playbook, folks. It's always the same. When you hear that voice, you can just know. <laughs> it's always the same. Leadership, authority, none of that matters. You're all the same. What do you think Eve was thinking at this moment? Yeah, Adam was entrusted with the word. Yeah, he's kind of got the vision, but you might as well do it. I'm going to paint a picture for you. You ready? Here it comes from Satan. Why are you listening to him? You see God every day. You walk with God too, don't you? True, isn't it? Didn't she see God? Didn't God talk with her in the garden too? But who did God entrust the word to? But the devil was right when he said it. Oh, you know God. Why don't you just do it? Let me show you something Adam doesn't know. I'm going to show you something Adam doesn't know because he's not the only one that can hear from God. He's not the only one that can get good information and bring it. Church, you ready? Let me show you a tree Adam doesn't know anything about. This tree's good for wisdom, making you wise. It's good for food, and it's good for beauty. Adam hadn't told you about this tree, has he? Maybe he doesn't want you to have those things. Maybe he doesn't even know. Remember, she wasn't there. She wasn't there. Now, why is she not prepared? Come on, I'm sure you've asked yourself this if you've ever considered it. Why was she not prepared to resist Satan on this level? Because it was not her job. She was not created to. 
She didn't even exist when God said this. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. You study that, it means to guard and have dominion over. She was created to help him do the job. You know why Satan came to her and tried to convince her to do Adam's job? You had not seen that yet. When she started trying to defend the lifestyle God gave them and the word of God, that wasn't her job. But anybody can do it, right? You go to church today, anybody can do it, right? Anybody can stand on the corner and preach, right? Sure, it's equal. We all, have, we all know God. We all walk with God. We all talk with God. So you got to be real careful. We're not living that other stuff. A lot of folks in the church are. I don't want to say most. I didn't say that. I don't want to say that. Look at how she starts defending the Word of God. You with me? Serpent said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? What should she have done then? Serpent comes to the woman and says, Has God truly said? What should she have done? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Same thing I would have done. I tell you what, I didn't write the policy. I wasn't there when they delivered the policy. That's over my pay grade. I ain't got to worry about it. I'll go get the guy that can tell you. Be right back. You just stay right here. Uh, this is Adam. He can tell you all about it. Have a nice day. I'm going to eat. That makes sense? Why can't Christians do that? Why can't people do that? Because they've already heard the word of Satan in their ear. You can do it too. What, what's to them? You can do it. Right? Same thing. Yeah, you don't, need, you don't need anything from God. No, you can just do it yourself. You don't need anything from God. But you know God anyway. Even if you did, you know God, right? Yeah, but not like that. It wasn't delivered to me to do that. So she's trying, all of a sudden, instead of doing that, though, she starts defending the Word of God. By the way, the commands that were given here were never given her. She wasn't even alive. Didn't even exist at the time. And the command truly did not go forth directly to her to tend and guard the things, which means the things of the way of life. You see, the lifestyle that they had. You understand, he's asking her to question the lifestyle they were given to live by God. She wasn't created to defend the lifestyle they were given by God. That wasn't her purpose. Her purpose is to help her husband do that. So she's not going to have the grace to withstand Satan. He knows this. He's got her before she even knows. She can't answer these questions. She wasn't created to answer these questions. Okay, we're almost done. I just want to say a couple of more things. I guess we'll finish next time. But um, 
the woman said, not I'll go get the guy that knows or the girl that knows or the, the CEO or whatever, but I'll stand here and, and try to tell you, right? And understand, please, please understand. Again, we're talking about a spirit that she had allowed at this point. Now, she is, she's welcomed the spirit, welcoming the spirit in now because instead of standing in the order which God created and the office to which she was created, she's already in her heart been willing to step over in Adam's office. I hope you, I hope you see that. Okay. And she said, We may eat the fruit of the tree in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, it wasn't true, first of all. She was wrong. It hadn't said anything about touching it. So she didn't... It, why is that there? Is that coincidence? No. It's showing us she didn't have the grace and the clear understanding of what was what. But she was willing to preach something that wasn't true. Because she thought that's what it was. And a lot of people in the church... Would have agreed with, well, she was doing her best. She was trying to do what was right. Oh, yeah. You see why they'll follow? You know what Paul said in Galatians? He said, I believe you guys will follow anybody preaching a different gospel. Y'all just go on with them. He said that to church folks. Why could he say that? Because they would. They would not discern spiritually because it's not their grace to do it. They wouldn't know. It'd be just like Eve. Well, it's just one statement. Yeah. But anyway, you look at it and she's, she's defending the word of God. And then he said, well, God knows in the day you eat of it. You won't surely die. God knows in the day you eat of it. You'll be like God. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. She wanted to bring something good to the table. And so what is she... What idea guys this is it what's her idea i have found something that adam doesn't know about that can benefit us both and when i bring this to him and he sees how great this is going to be we're going to be equals he'll have these words from god and i'll have this great information that's made our lives better and and it'll be like we really are on equal footing except god said they already were and she didn't have the faith to believe it she didn't believe what God said because she didn't necessarily hear God say it. Her husband told it to her. How many people didn't necessarily get a word from God? They heard it from a preacher. They didn't necessarily get a word of God about the gospel. They read it in a Bible. And what's the world's biggest knock against Christianity? Well, some man said it. Next time they tell you that, just realize what they are. It's the same thing Satan said to Eve because Adam had said it. Well, it can't be real if Adam said it, because he's a man. God chose to use men, mankind, women too. I'm just talking about 
the whole idea that it would be fallible because it came from a man is not of God. It could be, but it most likely isn't. Amen. Isn't that the number one thing? I mean, if you had to guess, what's the number one thing the world uses against? Well, the Bible was written by men. What are they saying? Well, it's infallible because it's written by men. No, God chose to use men. If anything, if you knew God, that would prove it probably is from God. Because that's been his way since Genesis 1. Genesis 1, he starts out telling you, I've chosen to use human beings. I've chosen to, to use them to guard the cosmos, to have dominion over the cosmos. I've chosen to use Adam and his line to proclaim my truth. It, it, nothing's changed in this. It just shows you they're filled with someone else called the enemy. Right? And when a church adopts those kind of things, when I only seek God, I don't listen to a man. You better go back to the start. You better go back to the start. You off from the start. Now, of course, we test all things because many spirits have gone into the world. That's scriptural too. Right? Yeah. I mean, we're not called to be stupid. Right? But when we start saying the kind of things that Satan says, aren't we showing that we have a lot of his character in us. Anytime you receive, you're about to receive promotion from God, he's going to try to divide. All right? In your life, in your life, in my life, in your life, in your life, whatever, even in a church, even in the worldwide church, every time we're due for a huge grace from God, a move from God, division, this, this Jezebel tries to come in and start splitting things up so that there's confusion. So be on guard in your lives. Confusion can actually be an indicator that you're moving into something good. But you have to say no to that spirit. Now, I would say this. Again, Jezebel can't live without Ahab. So what we really need in church is for the Ahabs to go and for the Elijahs to rise up. The ones that can recognize a Jezebel and put her to flight and ultimately judge that Jezebel. I don't mean the person. Don't mean the person. Don't take offense with me. I mean the spirit. When you call Jezebel out and you bind it, it has no authority. It has to go. It has to wait till another time. It has to find another person. And then when that word goes forth and the person who's actually inhabited with Jezebel sees the Jezebel, it can't come back in because they close the door. They close the door. They repent and close the door. Jezebel has nowhere to go now. Starts looking for somebody else. Right? Amen. 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 I love you. Make sure it's not happening in your life. I'll try to make sure it's not happening in mine. Because again, more so than it's personal, Jezebel wants to destroy God's heritage, His church. 
She doesn't want the church to flourish. She doesn't want the church blessed. And her real reason for being here is to stop that at all costs, to kill you, to kill me, whatever it takes. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. But there's no power she can use. What, what do we know? What does the Bible say? Greater is he who is than he who is in the world. We just have to be sensitive by the Holy Spirit and see what's going on. Amen?